With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right now, let's kick things off with today's top stories. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Two more suspects have been charged in the shooting that followed the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade and rally. Back on Valentine's Day, 18-year-old Dominic Miller of Kansas City and 23-year-old Lindell Mays of Raytown, Missouri, have both been charged with second-degree murder, along with two counts of armed criminal action and unlawful use of a weapon. They were attending the parade last week, according to prosecutors, armed with guns, and Mays allegedly got into an argument with someone else after the rally. It escalated, and then... Mays pulled out a handgun, and that's when shots were fired. Now, they're not saying exactly how many people were involved, but these are the the folks that they're charging at this point. And as soon as they get more evidence, there may be more charges. Yeah, there were were two groups, apparently, and uh, this involved one individual, this uh, Lindell Mays, thinking that the other group was staring at him. Uh, It escalated from there, pulls out the gun, shots fired. And then law enforcement asks uh, him about all of this uh, when they interviewed him. And essentially, he said, you know, we're just being stupid. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that was basically the yeah, uh, real explanation. Yeah, Took the, someone's life. Right. Led to the death of a mother of two. But, uh, again, this this is reminiscent of the situation in Ebor. Now, I don't know if these groups knew each other. I think the, the groups in Ebor in that shooting... They knew each other, and they just happened to come across each other uh, on the streets of Ebor, and that's when shots rang out. Um, but that's kind of what this sounds like. You've got two groups, and things just escalate. It, it really has become a culture in the society of uh, shoot first, ask questions later. I mean, yeah, I don't think they knew each other because they were from different towns. Yeah, but the point is, so somebody's staring at you, right? So what? You yeah. know, I mean, that needs to become some kind of incident with gunfire, and you know. People running in all directions yeah. and, and, you know, just senseless violence. That's really, you know, the question here. And, of course, what are you doing at a Kansas City Chiefs rally armed with guns? Right. And and I don't want to leap to conclusions here, but from the looks of how all of this played out, uh, does not sound like they were carrying, you know, for some worst case scenario or something like that, you know what I mean, uh, to protect their family in the event of a match. It, it sounds right. like they, they were, were looking for trouble. Yeah, that that's certainly what it seems like, based on what what we know right now. And uh, prosecutors, when they came out and announced these uh, arrests and these charges, they said like this is some information that we've had for uh, a couple of days, but we weren't able to because of the investigation that was underway announce it until right now so we knew they probably knew more than they were letting on and it sounds like there's still a lot that they're investigating and and more people could get arrested more charges could be coming yeah absolutely and you know it's one of these things where there were so many other people who didn't have to be involved they were just yeah. there to enjoy themselves yep they'd end up getting caught up in the violence right so a hillsborough county teacher was arrested after allegedly attacking a nine-year-old with special needs the sheriff's office says a nonverbal autistic student at the Eisenhower Exceptional Center hit 39-year-old Preche Rodriguez 
a behavior support teacher at the school. In response, Rodriguez allegedly punched the child to the ground. Mm. So he has been fired, and an investigation continues into the incident. A so, teacher who's supposed to specialize in dealing with that kind of behavior. Yeah, a behavioral support teacher. Now, the support part of it, I wonder how much training he actually has, because I know in a lot of schools they have, like, paraeducators, and they don't have to have as much training as okay. the actual teachers. Yeah. So, And it's a low-paying job, so right. this guy probably really wasn't qualified to be dealing with a child with behavior issues. They yeah. definitely don't train him to do that. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, and this is the second incident now we've had in just the span of a couple of weeks, because there was that other incident, I forget where it was, was it Bradenton, maybe? Maybe where you had the uh, the student who was on the spectrum who was tied down. Oh yeah, to uh, a chair. That's right. That yeah. was in Manatee County. You're Man- right. Yeah, yeah. So a uh, little unnerving if you have a child going to school with autism. Just have those two incidents back to back. Yeah, and to punch a child, a nine year old kid. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, this is a difficult job. They have. I'm sure it's frustrating oh, at yeah. times. But you just can't have people in there that are going to behave like that. No. You know, I mean, that's that's just, you know, completely against what they're trying to do. And obviously he is facing criminal charges. Right. And you're a parent putting your trust in those individuals who are watching your kid with these special needs all throughout the course of the day. Uh, you certainly expect better than that. And again, like we talked about with the uh, child who was tied down, you know, these kids, they have trouble communicating. And yeah. so, you know. You don't want a situation where you've got these kinds of individuals watching them and then those kids can't communicate back to their parents what, or somebody what else. Happened, what's right, happened, right, exactly, yeah. yeah. And do you think parents sent their kids back to that school after seeing the arrest? Mm. Uh, yeah, probably not. I certainly wouldn't want to. I think a lot of parents probably don't have a choice yeah. and know that the guy is out of there, but right. still, it makes you wonder who yeah. else is there. So since the launch of sports betting, Florida's gambling helpline has just been blowing up. There's been a dramatic increase in calls from gamblers who say they need help. Calls have more than doubled since the online betting became legal in December. So the Florida Council on Compulsive Gambling, that's the nonprofit that's funded in part by the state and by the uh, casinos, uh, says the calls and text messages have gone up 138% in 45 days. Oh, my goodness. That's a very sharp increase. I'm not surprised by it. I mean... I'm not either, because people who pro- might have bet before a little yeah. bit here and there, now that it's legal, it's like the floodgates are open, and they can go do whatever, and then they lose a little, and then they're like, I'm going to try to win it back, lose right. more, try to win it back, and before you know it, you're in serious trouble. Yeah, not everybody's a degenerate gambler like our colleague Aaron Jacobson, who, you know, uh, is used to it, doesn't need to call any line. That's oh, we don't know, though. We don't know what's does. really going on with him. Him, he yeah. could be. They pointed out the big difference is this isn't a case where people meander into a casino every once in a while. They can just pull out their yeah. phone and, and go at it. And the next thing you know, you've lost everything. You're in a hole. Or, yeah, you're in a big hole. And, uh, you know, the change in technology and the accessibility has made it a much more dangerous thing to do for people who uh, are addicted to gambling. Yeah, see, I've never been a gambler because I just assume I'm going to lose. Yeah, me too. So, like, what's the point? Yeah, you I've know. been to the casino once in the last couple of years, and I blew through a hundred bucks in like fifteen minutes, and I was like, "All right, we're out." Yeah, it's we're, not. It's we're not good. fun. We're done. Yeah, it's not like you know the blackjack table. I mean, you can lose so much money. Oh so, yeah. so fast. I, I played a couple hands. I'm like, okay. I'm out because I can't play this game. I have no idea what I'm doing. When I was in Vegas, I was playing blackjack because that's what I'd, I'd like to play when I go to a, a casino. And I sat at the table about an hour 
uh, and I came out, I was $20 down, but they give you the free drinks and stuff while you're playing. Right. So I felt like I came out kind of even, and it was fun. You know, like I, I played for a little while. You would have money on drinks. Right. right, right, and it was all good. But, yeah, you can get wiped out really quick, and then. You were down $20. Whoa. Down, down Man, 20 bucks. That's yeah. rough. That's, you better call the hotline. <laughs> right. Uh, not surprising, but, uh, you know, this is all part of sports betting becoming legal here in the state of Florida. Well, we'll see if it. If, if, if that holds up, because yeah. you know Florida has a, a provision in the Constitution where you were supposed to pass a constitutional amendment, and the governor and the and the tribe essentially negotiated around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's still in the courts, so we'll see. Because the federal government is appealing an earlier ruling on uh, uh, on the decision to allow it, so it's possible that there could be some changes. But for the time being, yeah. people can play. All right, Chris Strankman with today's top stories. Chris, thanks so much. Thank you. So let's get straight to today's top stories. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. So Senate leaders have released a $900 million tax cut plan. This includes some cuts to insurance premiums and for small businesses that submit sales taxes. Overall, the tax breaks are mostly for companies as opposed to to individuals. However, these companies would have to pass along some of the savings to customers. So if you have a home that's covered with $750,000 or less, You should get a 1.75% credit on rates for a year starting July 1st. That would be applied to the insurance premium tax bill. So this is kind of temporary relief as property insurance rates are sky high and they haven't started to come down uh, following some of the fixes the legislature uh, put in place recently in uh, past session and special session. This is like a, a temporary kind of band-aid solution 1.75 percent baby you're gonna <laughs> hey you're gonna really get the get the benefits yeah, of that take where you can get but uh the problem still remains like will the rates actually come down what does the long-term future of property insurance look like in yeah i mean state? if they're going to increase your rate by 50 percent what's a 1.75 percent credit <laughs> well on your uh, bill then, I mean, then your rate, yeah your rate only goes up uh 48 uh, percent so you oh. can see I see. Not nearly as high of an increase. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, it is something. Uh, however, the legislature did not want to do some things that Governor DeSantis asked, which was to you know put more emphasis on individual uh, homeowners' rates and and their taxes. But uh, like you said, the legislature is looking in you know to doing a few things that would include the, the sales tax holidays. So the House and Senate have agreed yeah. on some of those again this year. So if you want to go out and buy stuff, you know, for your kids during school year and things like that or storm items, those will be back. You know, the feeling among residents here in Florida as to how much the property insurance crisis is impacting them and their finances compared to what seems like the concern level in Tallahassee it's just like worlds apart. Yeah, they make it seem like it's just like a, a minor inconvenience as yeah. opposed to something that's crushing some people. Right. I just don't feel like it's getting the attention, the the seriousness uh, in terms of uh, contemplation about what to do about it that it deserves. I think they kind of live in a different world. I mean, if you, if you go yeah. up to Tallahassee, it's very remote up there. Mm-hmm. Most people in the state never even see the capital city. And if you go into the halls of the Capitol building, I mean, it is swarming with lobbyists. Yeah. I mean, you, these guys are everywhere. They, they pack the elevators. They're waiting in line at the offices of the legislators. Those are the people in their world. Right. Those are the people they're listening to. They're not out, you know, talking to, to homeowners around the state. You can be a state lawmaker 
you know, covering a, a district here in the Tampa Bay area or wherever, you can be closer to home so you're not like uh, a member of Congress in D.C. and still be out of touch. Mm-hmm. And I think that's partly what's happening here with the property insurance issue, because uh, the, some of the some of the stuff that has been debated and they've spent time on in Tallahassee compared to what's actually impacting Floridians. It just again, it doesn't it doesn't match up. And on the flip side, how many Floridians know who their state senator or state yeah. house representative is? Right. You know, I mean. You got to get involved with the process yeah. if you want to make changes. And uh, and it's know. a look. It's not a sexy issue. It's not uh, you know one that's going to get a lot of attention. Uh, it's not like Confederate monuments or you know or, pride flags or, or letting balloons go. Right, something like that. <laughs> uh, the property insurance issue, uh, and it's difficult. It's complex. You know, it's not an easy one to find a solution for. And so it's like, oh, why bother? Yeah. So one of the questions in the remaining three weeks of the regular legislative session is what lawmakers will do with five hundred and sixty two million dollars collected in Hillsborough County after the approval of a sales surtax back in 2018. They got to figure something out, though, because this is becoming like the raised ballpark issue to me. I feel like we've been talking about this damn transportation tax for years now. I mean, and think of the interest they could have earned on that kind of money. They're sitting on a point. giant pot of money. And yeah. I mean, they, they should be getting back, what, a billion dollars by now if right. they put it in the stock market. So, <laughs> Maybe they should just use it to build the raised park. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or how about fix the roads? We're talking Hillsborough County. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in the situation, you know, with this, this was an excellent example of where big government just got involved and messed with the local authority. I mean, this was a local tax that was passed by the county voters Mm -hmm. and a commissioner decided to throw it into the state court system. Yeah, because he didn't like it. He didn't like it. It went all the way through the appeals process Mm -hmm. to the state Supreme Court, which stuck its nose in the middle of it and said, oh, you know what? We're going to invalidate the whole thing and throw it back to the legislature, which turned out to be the worst possible thing you could do because the lawmakers can't figure out what to do. What to do. I I don't know what's so difficult about this. There's I there. I can think of the. a hundred different uh, transportation or infrastructure related issues in Hillsborough County that could use uh, money to help improve the situation there. And it's like, just start doling it out and get that stuff done. But they have to bicker over what they're going to do with it. You know what's going to have to happen? You have to, you have to go to the courts okay, and, and demand that something be done with it. You're going to have to appeal it to the state Supreme yeah. Court. And the state Supreme Court's going to have to order the legislature to do something on it. Just, you know what? Just I mean, put $500 million towards potholes. And, and you could fill, I guarantee you, there's $500 million worth of potholes across Hillsborough County. Just do that. Something, Mike. I mean, this has been years. Or clean up the roads so that I don't keep getting my windshield popped with rocks. Could yeah. they do that with it? That would be nice. Every yeah. time you hear that little, that little. Oh, my windshield. It looks like I went through like a war zone. There's just like holes all in my windshield. It's that rocks. noise. And then you look and you're like, Pop. oh, great. Yeah. I think that one thing that's frustrating for Hillsborough residents and businesses is they paid this tax. Yeah. I mean, this came out of their pockets and it's just literally sitting there in the hands of the legislature doing nothing. Right. Over, and, over a lawsuit by a single county commissioner who didn't like the tax. Everybody knew what that money was going towards and everybody knew the purpose of that initiative. Uh, just ridiculous. No, right. you know, big government at work. So Hernando County deputies got an interesting delivery after a civilian made a very dangerous discovery. Sheriff Al Ninhai said that they got a call from a resident who found a corroded mortar round, several cor- corroded mortar rounds. Now, they were taken to an office in Brooksville. 
they examined these items and determined that they were no longer dangerous, but they did have the bomb team come out to make sure that they were properly disposed of. And it's fortunate that these lingering devices weren't still active because you can imagine what would have happened yeah. if somebody detonated one of these things by accident. Isn't this the second incident in Hernando County in just like the last week or so involving some old yeah. bomb of some sort? Yeah, the the old bomb. I think it was from a World War II test. You know, the thing about Florida and some of these other uh, what used to be remote states in the south, uh, back in World War II, they were used as bombing ranges. And there are still parts of the state right now that, that have testing going on where you, you can see the planes in the distance mm -hmm. dropping these, you know, test bombs. And the problem, of course, is, is as they have developed this state, you know, all over, some of the remaining shells that uh, didn't explode are still in the ground. Yeah, I think that one was at the airport, right? The one from like a week ago or, or something like that. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where it was, but I know that they had to close down. Brooksville. Yeah, they had to close down the roads and evacuate an area temporarily while they disposed of it. Where was it, James? It was at the uh, airport industrial park on Spring Hill Drive. Okay, yeah, forty-one. Yeah, you guys, uh, you give me a lot of crap about uh, Spring Hill, but uh, you know we got to deal with bombs. Uh, we've got people stealing artifacts in the middle of uh, oh, yeah, the that's forest. Right. That happened last week too. Yeah, yeah. we've got manatees. <laughs> uh, they can't survive uh, in the waters off Fernando County. I told you, it's a tough place. You tough know, place. there have been schools that have had kids playing in the playground who have found old World War II shells. From these tests yeah i mean on school grounds like right. maybe they should have checked before they built the school i mean i don't know just, just i'm thinking. sure if i were just to go back to, loud, to spring know? hill elementary or, or central high school i guarantee you there's some uh there's some world war ii ordinances uh underground there guarantee yeah. it. only in florida yeah all right chris strankman with today's top stories chris thanks so much thank you the ryan gorman show on news radio wfla follow us on facebook and instagram at ryan gorman show and find us online at ryan hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus